Hello, hello, and welcome to another full-length bonus episode of Season 2 of the Brown Taboo Project. The following is the second live session we recorded at the San Conference in January 2019 at the University of Michigan. Heads up, because we recorded live, there's a little bit of background noise. We do apologize about that. Happy listening! Yeah. Wait, if you, so... If you want to share. Yeah. Um, it's up to you, yeah. She totally was just like, little bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I'm also the little brother. That's my big sister, actually. Oh. So, um, <laughs> I, get it. I, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. So you're in high school now. What, yeah. What year I'm, are you? I'm a sophomore. Okay, sophomore. cool. Cool, cool, cool. And you're, you go to uh, high school in Michigan? Yes. Okay, cool. So... What happened? <laughs> um, so I went to Melissa, which is basically like religious school for okay. five years until um, eighth grade, right? Okay. Um, before, like, I hadn't been in like regular public school since second grade, right? So I didn't really gotcha. like know how the world works. So it was kind of like right. a big learning curve, like for like eighth grade, right? Yeah. Um, and stuff, and I basically like found out all these like concepts and how the world works, which I was like sheltered from and not like they didn't really like let us observe the outside world, basically. Yeah. Um, fortunately, like I had. A better rebound than a rebound than a lot of other people's because like I'm mostly from because of my sisters and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've noticed that with like uh, other people that were like in the same environment as me that they have like a lot of characteristics that were kind of ingrained into their minds because of the environment that they were in, which is a lot of like um, like closed mindsets of a lot yeah. of like uh, like mis- subtle misogyny and uh, homophobia. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Dang. And how, like, so like, how do you feel about it now? Do you feel like you've like, uh, do you still like struggle with that or, how, or are, are you passive? Like, what are your opinions on that? Um, so fortunately, like I had like a better like rebound and I feel like uh, I'm like integrated well now. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, like not everyone that goes through that like environment has the, has that rebound, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I still, like, uh, struggle with it sometimes because, like, I was out of school for five years, so I don't have, like, the same experiences or, or other right. things. Like, um, like my grammar sometimes struggles because I didn't learn a lot of grammar concepts that you typically learn in, like, uh, right. late elementary school, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, my English isn't bad, but, like, a lot of, like, subtle, like, rules that, like, I'm not just... Like, writing with. and right. and stuff, yeah. Um, and, like, a lot of, like, uh, like, of my peers that were in that mindset that, like, I am still in contact with like, struggle in, like, uh, the school environment because, um, they're just not having adapted to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, because usually, I mean, I'm, this is just personal experience, but, like, in my personal experience, it's more like a Sunday school type thing, right? Like, you go to your cultural, um, community center or whatever on Sunday and like you're there for the day and then you go back to your public school during the week right but this was kind of like the opposite where like mm-hmm. you were there five days a week and that's that was your primary source of education yeah um and it's funny that you credit like your sisters with kind of keeping you grounded to um American like, mainstream I guess. like yeah. yeah mainstream culture even though like at home you have a separate culture, right. I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. And at school, you have a separate culture, so that's got to be like a big old brain discombobulating experience yeah. for you, kind of just making sense of like who you are in, t- mm-hmm. in the midst of all that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you still struggle with it sometimes? Um, 
occasionally it was a big struggle like while I was still like attending Madrasa um I felt like a big disconnect from like everyone um I didn't really have like a social life and it was kind of like yeah. hard too because um I just couldn't relate or like talk to anyone that was like outside of that environment and I didn't particularly get along with most of the people in that environment because I had like a more liberal or open mindset because of yeah. my sisters mostly mm-hmm. yeah cool nice wow. um for everyone else joining us um we're the south asian sexual and mental health alliance um and we have a podcast called the brown taboo project which we are recording right now <laughs> um it's pretty self-explanatory we talk about brown taboos um brown identity our cultural identities um and taboo topics that are kind of frowned upon to talk about in in our communities mostly sexual and mental health related um right now we're kind of just like talking and ranting and mm-hmm. talking about whatever comes to our minds and we'd love to talk to you so if you if we want to like come closer a little bit so you're not so far away also if you don't want to talk no pressure <laughs> um but like we are recording so just like to give you a heads up but like we'd love to get your thoughts because obviously like this is a Mm-hmm. Huge country. We come from a huge subcontinent with a whole bunch of different cultures, and we all have different experiences. And like the whole point of this podcast is kind of to get people's different experiences and how they deal with their internal cultural struggles and um, and all that jazz. And all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we had a, a, another session in here prior to this, and um, I think something that came up there a lot was like this topic of code switching which is like you're one person at home with your parents and then you're another person at school with your friends um and how you kind of have to find a middle ground to like just like figure out who you are in life mm-hmm. yeah. um so i I'm, i guess i'll keep talking to you guys. But, like, if anyone has thoughts on that, because that's kind of been coming up a lot, especially in the context of this conference where, like, you know, know, we're surrounded by a lot of people from the South Asian community, but, like, we still have different lived experiences Mm -hmm. um, in the midst of all that. That was a very open-ended prompt. (laughs) What's the the question I can ask? Um, Um, Has... So, like, I relate a lot to the idea of whiplash where like you are you exhibit one half of your personality in one situation or in one place and then you come to another place and it's just like you act very differently um and like i know that that happens a lot i'm still in college so in college i feel like i exhibit very different parts of my personality than when i'm at home um does anyone relate to that have any or even, like, so a really common way is, like, through your name, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, usually when I introduce myself, I'm Shreya. Um, but at home, because of because I speak Bengali with my parents, it's Shreya. Um, but, like, it's, like, I don't know how to, like, introduce myself to people. And, like, sometimes I don't even know what my name is. Because it's, like, two different versions of, of my name. And it's weird because, like, it's my name. It's, like, my primary way of identifying myself. And there's, like, a ton of different ways to say it just based on who I'm introducing myself to, which is really messes with your brain sometimes. Um, is that something that anyone else relates to? It must be. There's no way you, you guys introduce yourselves with an accent. It's just the way we're conditioned in this country. Um, 
But I guess people have accent-friendly names sometimes, too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what, what brought you all to San in the first place? I guess we could start there, because I'm, I'm sure everyone has different reasons for, for coming here today. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so I was actually really excited to come here to learn more about Sasma because yeah. um, I think something I struggled with is, like, I'm in a Ph.D. program and I'm studying sexual assault and mental health in a psychology and health program. But when I was applying, um, something that was really hard is if you're applying to any other stereotypical grad program like med school or law or, like, you know, or you're going to business or something, you have so many contacts in our social network through our parents, our communities, our friends to help you through that program. Like, I can name maybe 20 people who would volunteer their MCAT books to study right. or read mm-hmm. over my personal statement if I was applying to med school. But when I was applying to a PhD program, um, I didn't have anyone to ask for for advice. And most people, especially like my parents' friends, they would be like, oh, psychology, you want to be a therapist, why don't you just go into psychiatry and study medicine? And I was like, yeah. psychology is not just about you know, being a counselor, like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm right. actually doing research. I'm, like, an empirical scientist. But mm-hmm. it's hard to be taken seriously. And then even beyond that, because I'm studying sexual assault, like, mm. people don't ask questions beyond that because they're, um, you know, either embarrassed or they feel awkward or uncomfortable because yeah. just bringing up sex in general yeah. is kind of, There's like, a stigma around it. Yeah. yeah. It's like that red button where, like, okay, stop. Like, yeah. all right, let's ask you a different question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really hard, and so I, I wanted to learn more about, you know, your organization, meet with other people, kind of yeah. network, because, you know, that's what SAN is about, is, like, yeah. you know, having that network, and also just finding ways to connect with the community around these taboo topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's half the reason why we started this podcast, is because, like, you got to talk about <laughs> it, and yeah. nobody talks about it. And, like, not talking about about it actually does have real-world consequences. For example, if you're doing research on sexual assault, that might be useful to... Um, I mean, it's obviously going to be useful, and that's stuff that we need in today's society. But um, if no one talks about it, no one's going to address it. Same thing with like sexual health um, at large, with sexual violence just in general. Um, these are topics that... Um, yeah, if no one wants to talk about it, no one's going to do anything about it. And there are, are obviously... Um, problems there. Also, miseducation is really big. Lots of people don't have, um, especially in the South Asian community, don't have proper, for example, sex education. And you cannot talk about it as much as you want. There are teen teenagers, you know, people are doing it. Um, and but if you're not educated, then that can lead to even more harm. Yeah. For example, um, so yeah. It's basically just, like, acknowledging it to fix it. Because yeah. not talking about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Exactly. And same thing with mental health. Yeah. And also just along with that, just the awareness of resources or even the existence of resources in our communities. Because yeah. Because I feel like um, people don't always know where they can go for help because, you know, they don't even know, like, who they can talk to because of how stigmatized these issues are. So even when you do have leaders in our field, you know, a religious leader or, like, you know, some close adult in your life, yeah. you don't even feel comfortable bringing that up because yeah. you're always conditioned to 
keep it quiet or keep it a secret or don't bring it up because then you're going to get blamed for yeah. something that even if it wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, why were you in that situation in the first place? In the place? first place. Because that's right. not an invitation right. for someone to do something to you. Yeah. Even in, in areas that aren't as, you know, traumatizing or, or, or nefarious or evil. Like, I remember when I first started dating my boyfriend, right? And I didn't know how to tell my parents that I was dating a guy. I asked a bunch of my friends. They're like, oh, just, like, tell them. But they were not South Asian. I had to call up a, a South Asian friend who I knew had a boyfriend. I was like, how did you tell your parents? Because I, for the life of me, do not know how to broach this conversation. Um, because I'd never been talked to about dating or boys. It was always, like, whenever we watched movies, it was like a... It was one of those scenes where, like, they'd fall in love and my parents would just be like, Chee! You know, like, it was one of those chi yeah. issues that I just didn't know how to talk about. Yeah, they would just, like, cover um, my eyes. Like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Right, as if fast forwarding means that their daughter is never going to fall in love with someone. Yeah, yeah. Even beyond that, I'm remembering, like, from high school, like, um, I remember it was my 17th birthday party, and I had, like, my first mixed birthday party where guys came. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, yeah. And like, being friends with someone of the opposite sex was, like, yeah. not okay. And I remember everybody was leaving, and people were hugging me goodbye. And then my parents pulled me aside, like, how many boyfriends do you have? Like, they're all hugging <laughs> oh, me. Oh, my God. <laughs> hugging doesn't mean we're dating, you know? Yeah. Like, just even that kind of, like, right. understanding yeah. across generations. Like, yeah. I remember in school, I had to work on a school project with a boy in my class. So he called my house because we had to work on this project. And I could hear my mom on the other line, like, listening to us talk about I don't know, whatever the project was that we were working on. Like, yeah. Thank God you... for cell phones. Yeah. Thank God Truly. for cell phones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, you get it. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I'm sure I would do the same thing because I've got the crazy auntie jeans in me. <laughs> But it's also like, you know, that's how, that's just the culture that they come from. That's what they're used to. But like, how do you kind of bridge the divide? Mm -hmm. Um, For us who live in a very different culture. Exactly. um, Who are growing up. So like a really common term is third culture kid. Have any of y'all heard that before? Or just the concept of third culture in general. Yeah. It's like you have, so we have um, our parents' culture and how they grew up. Um, then you have, I guess, mainstream American culture. Um, and that can be many different things. And then somewhere in the middle is where we are because we hold, um, you know, because we're growing up in an environment, um, that is one way. And, um, we are, um, our parents are another way and our teachers are another way. And we're just kind of like a huge mix, right? Which doesn't really fall into maybe, any category completely and so it's always you're just always trying to I guess it's like it's a hodgepodge you're taking from all the cultures yeah, that are influencing you and creating your kichiri own identity yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah that's another thing that's like come up often because like obviously um, I think with our parents generation they're coming from a place of like to do these th- these haram things you know is is a way of disrespecting your elders and like that's not cool and like obviously no one here is trying to disrespect their parents or their elders um, especially when we grew up in a culture where you know being open about relationships and, and dating and sex and going to the therapist or whatever is like just like open. It's just like a thing that happens. And honestly, it's a thing that happens everywhere, not just in Western society. Um, so how do you, um, 
how do you balance, you know, wanting to be open with your parents and <clears throat> honest with your parents, um, but also not wanting to come off as you're disrespecting them or like bringing shame to the family? Um, and I don't know. It's not like we have a an answer for that. It's just something that we we grapple with and. We'd Plenty like of other it. people grapple with it too. Yeah. I'm sure. Surely we're not the only ones that <laughs> that struggle with this. Yeah. Right. So, so there are <laughs> parents that are grappling with the things that you guys are yeah. have di- at display here also. Yeah. Which, like, I come from a culture where uh, music was forbidden, but mm-hmm. then I'm sitting in a presentation with my daughter where you are showing. Uh, man-on-man dance with intimate mm-hmm. moves mm-hmm. so how like you guys don't think so that it it's not part of the mainstream uh that the dancing is not part of the mainstream or no, but showing a uh, guy on guy intimate dance is mm-hmm. not part of the mainstream it i mean i suppose it depends on mm-hmm. like where like the so, so like or... like uh, Amit Patel's uh, okay. uh, presentation, mm. he showed that uh, video uh, which had love is love or something yeah. right. where uh, a guy is dancing with his love partner yeah. and all that. So why do you think that's like it's okay to accept queer culture and, and, and all the uh, nuances with it? But the thing is that I think you guys have also to look at the things that, you know, there are some things that I might not feel comfortable. Right, exactly. And this is where I think it comes from both sides because, um, you know, for us growing up, for us by us, I mean like the second generation or um, the younger children who are growing up in a very different who are growing up hearing many different values from many different people. You know, we have our teachers and then you have TV and me and media, and then you have your family and your culture and your relatives and your religion. And I think, um, I don't, this is a, a conversation that I think needs to happen individually with many different types of, with, you know, with everyone who is involved, because this is something that, um, you know, not everyone will be comfortable with everything. No, but, but, but isn't it, this is neither part of the culture where I come from, right. nor part of the mainstream culture that's prevalent that's, in here. I, oh, yeah. I would, well, again, I think it. I think it depends. I think the culture that we're coming from is that same-sex relationships are okay. They're normal, no. you yeah, know. Yeah, that's okay. And, yeah. But, but when do you see those on display... Like, e- even during normal TV hours. No, that is true. I think there is, like, a... So, but yeah. I think it's, like, part and parcel, right? Like it's just queer starting. Culture. I think it's just coming yeah. online. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, no the culture... The internet has played a huge part in this. Um, I mean, even, you know... I late night culture, but that's never part of, like, mainstream? The, the mainstream culture. But yeah. even now, like, you're seeing same-sex relationships being shown, right? Like, it might not be, like, intimate dancing or whatever but it's still like same-sex relationships same-sex families um just showing that they're part of the new normal and then you have the internet where like i mean amit patel's rise no, to part fame of new normal of what like it's not part of new normal 
for U.S. culture. It's not part of your normal. I would say it is. I think it might be for. I think it depends for the younger generation. Yeah, because but but you are you are walking on the on the periphery. You're not. It's not mainstream. It depends on industry as well. Yeah, it depends on like what kind of exposure you have, like who you're exposed to, what kind of people you're talking to. Because most people, if you venture out of something out of your comfort zone, you may find it normalized in even adults' culture. Mm-hmm. Right. I think. I think the the main takeaway, I guess, from this discussion is that, um, you know, even like American quote culture, quote unquote, is so many different things to many yeah. different people. Um, to us who are maybe into activism, um, you know, stuff like that is not is not. It is normal. Out, yeah, yeah. But if it you is were normal. to go but to if you go Texas, to, right? Yeah, or no, the it ever. can be normal in California, but it, it's not normal in, exactly, in, exactly. in, in, in Michigan. And, like, I think well, I that's why it's so not complicated. It's not normal, but maybe it's just not as mainstream in no, Michigan. No, it's not it mainstream. It's acceptable. Like, I'm not saying that right. we, we, we should judge people. Or right. right, right. But right. But I'm just saying it's not mainstream. Like presenting it as mainstream is also not factually or relatively c- correct representation. I think that's I, I think that's a good point in terms of the fact that like you know um, especially especially a lot of us who are in more like activist circles, yeah. things that are normalized to us maybe are not normalized to people elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. and oh, um, sorry, thanks for yeah, but thank you for sharing. Um, but yeah, just carrying on the conversation for the rest of the listeners. Yes, please come. Oh, sir. thank you for, okay. in- thank you for, thank yep, you thanks so, so much. much. So your podcast is right? Yeah, yes. It's the Brown Taboo Project. Um, you can take a postcard here. We also have stickers. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, the Brown Taboo Project. Okay. Um, yep. Spotify, and then there iTunes, is our contact information is there also through our website. And you what can I say, I think us. that it's normalized in urban areas. Okay, yeah, it's actually very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to uh, and urban areas in the East Coast and the West Coast. But think- you also have to understand why. Because when someone is ostracized from their <coughs> community, they're going to go to a place of solace. So that happens sure. to be where there are of places course. Right. of yeah. solace. Yeah. That's what I say. I think uh, even if you go to India and all that, uh, yeah. there actually is more acceptable now. In, not that it's very acceptable, but it's more acceptable in... Uh, very major urban cities. areas. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in a, a small town, even a small city, okay, it, yeah. it's really not going to be very really acceptable here. Right, sure. It's better in that sense, and it's getting more acceptable in the sense that you have shows, primetime shows. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's daytime. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you take yeah. uh, what is uh, Modern Family. You take yeah. uh, Modern Family. There's a bunch of cases. I've, I've been watching a show called Offspring out of Australia, and I mean, again, the same thing. It's yeah. like the entire range of stuff is in there. So. It's starting to get where you, there are a lot of, uh, you know, uh, TV things that are trying to say, hey, this is not unusual to see. Yeah, exactly. And I think exactly. that people see it and they, they kind of start having a second, you know, they, they're starting to get yeah. more used to uh, yeah. seeing that. As I suppose at one time it was like nobody ever saw anything. It can't be right. mainstream without visibility. I think. Exactly. Well, uh, that's uh, yeah, why I say representation. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's fans. like so many different cultures within quote unquote American culture. Mm-hmm. So many different people have different values. 
um, even sure. now. And so yeah, I guess, you, yeah, you know, everything's in, everything's you changing. You can go to Kansas, yeah. you can go to, you know, someplace in the middle of Kansas where it's the Bible Belt, right? I mean, right, right exactly. It's probably not going to be really easy. But you go, like you're talking about Texas. Texas, you go to Houston, you go to Austin, you go to uh, those places, it's probably not a big deal. Exactly. But you go 50 miles outside, I guarantee you it would be a big deal. Of course. Right. Indian, go from here 50 miles out, you go to Howell, you go to southern Jackson County, places like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be uh, out of the norm, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you yeah. so much thank for stopping so much. by. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you want to keep talking about the conversation we were having with you? Yeah, we could because I think this is actually a really interesting conversation cool to unpack i think i might have misunderstood his um oh yeah, his point i might have misunderstood his question about it just like being mainstream um i think which is sorry, it, go ahead. oh sorry i it, it is a good point in that um like what is considered mainstream yeah as opposed to just like geographically acceptable because even if it's not a big deal in michigan doesn't necessarily mean it's not mainstream yeah I mean? and Sorry. Yeah, sorry. We're eating lunch right now, but also having deep philosophical <laughs> So this is, um, yeah, continuing in the vein of samosa ASMR. Um, so did you see that study, which was um, done? So do you mind if I doubled it? Um, they did like a representative survey of America, and they tried to group everyone into like kind of how far progressive or how far conservative they were. And, like, progressive activists were, like, 7% of the population. And, um, the you know, the study showed that over 50% of the population are either conservative or, like, silent majority centrist leaning conservative. You know, so, like, when a lot of people talk about, like, for example, Hillary won the, the popular vote you know, that maybe is not representative of, of the fact that, like, yeah, like, um, not a lot of the country leans left. Um, a very, you know, we, most of us are, like, from the coasts, um, and so it's very different. Um, and, like, even, like, the gay marriage statistic, I think, that recently came out was, like, 67% of the country or something along those lines supports gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's still... 33% that does not, mm-hmm. which is a very significant amount. That's 100 million people, mm-hmm. you, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I think, so I think what what uh, the gentleman was trying to say was really that, like. How do you measure what's mainstream? Yeah, of? yeah. Or, like, determine how mainstream. Yeah. And for context, at this um, conference. conference we're at right now, um, Ahmed Patel, who is a well-known um, dancer, choreographer? choreographer, dancer, fuses um, Indian, South Asian dance with like contemporary Western dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and is very open about his, his queerness and, and works that into his work, uh, his art a lot. Um, and he, um, at least I'm assuming his pronouncer, he, him, um, I hope I didn't fuck that up. Let's just use they. <laughs> I'll go with they. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, had a workshop uh, earlier today where um, we we were not there, but according to this gentleman, um, they showed a 
I guess it sounded like two a, men, a dance, yeah, about gay love dancers doing this dance about gay love. Um, and this gentleman's argument was that how can you try and convince us that that is mainstream when like it's not? Yeah, which is which is kind of fair, right. like or at least to me personally, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, another person that comes to mind about this um, is Alok Vaid Menon. Yeah. Um, so Alok Vaid Menon is a is a trans queer activist. Um, they are uh, pretty popular on social media, I would say, and they have a lot of reach within activist circles, um, as far as I know. And they are um, they are very. What is the best way to put this? Like they um, visually exhibit their queerness. Um, in a very like outgoing way, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a good example of like you know like we are trying to like mainstream queerness and um, all that stuff, but the way Alok Vade Menon dresses does um, is not in the mainstream. It for challenges example. our yes, yeah, 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 yeah. What is Traditional and mainstream. Exactly. Because exactly. that's often what they mean by mainstream is yeah. just traditional and of course how things have always been in a way. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, you know, um, lots of activist circles might bring him in as like, and like you know, like a Vade Menon might be the new normal for some people, but like it's not for the majority of the population. Um, I don't know if that was a cogent thought, but well, no, I think it is. I think we're. We're both trying to figure this out because it was, <laughs> it was a question that it took us not, a little off guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in it a, was good a good way. Question. It was a good yeah. question. Um, but you know, like it kind of to your point of like it's not mainstream to the majority, but like I don't know if I feel like that unfairly puts. The majority, like, puts unfairly puts all the power in the majority's hands, Um, especially when the mainstream, quote unquote, is determined by actually not very many people. Like, Mm -hmm. that's true. Like the decision makers of the distributors, the content makers, whatever, are a very small population, and that's a very for the majority of our media's history has been a pretty monolithic group in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now that we have creators like Alok Menon and, and Amit Patel and all sorts of other, yeah. you know, even Shonda Rhimes help, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, black doctors, how is that mainstream for anyone? Right, right of course. In, in the vein of that gentleman's argument. Right, like even in in general, I think black doctors account for a minuscule num- percentage of like the doctors nationwide. Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. Um, but through Shonda Rhimes's work, <clears throat> we see that not only you know are they a possibility; it's like something to strive for, where mm-hmm. you know black children, black students can see these doctors represented in the mainstream. Even though they are not, but it's a it's a way to challenge our perceptions of what is normal and 
quote unquote mainstream and traditional, what have you, right? To actually change that into existence IRL. Yeah. Right. It's like so crazy because like, I because like you, I I guess we talk a lot about like yeah like mainstream, but um, you know that doesn't really mean much if you really go right. go down it yeah because like what you're saying right you are putting something on tv that is not mainstream to make it mainstream right what does what does that mean where do you draw the line these are very like vague concepts right almost and it's just everyone's experiences are so different yeah yeah <clears throat> right exactly yeah and I'm I'm probably butchering some of his arguments, um, but I think one of the points he made was that um, what if it's you... like unfair for you to kind of present this as mainstream when when it's not like it's misleading for you to present it this this referring to um, uh, Ahmed you know, Patel's I, yeah. video um, as mainstream. I think I think that's a fair argument. I think now that we've like talked about it, also. I think it's a fair argument to say that um, it's misleading to say that this is not activism. D- does that make sense? That it's not activism? Or it, it is misleading to, um, to like, processing, processing, processing. Like, like <laughs> the beach ball is um spinning in in my brain and the words are not coming out this might be the jet lag but it's okay <laughs> no i like a lot of activism and activism related art is very revolutionary and is not mainstream like it is not like um and I guess what he was saying is that like you can't you can't deny that this is revolutionary. You can't deny that this is on the periphery. Right. Um and we can say that like we would not like this to be on the periphery. We would like to bring this into the fold. Right. Um but I guess what he was coming at was that like yeah, it does make a lot of people uncomfortable. It does make a lot of people um But isn't that I'm, well, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. see where you're going. At the same time, I'm like, that's the point of art. Also, I... Well, yeah, but, I like, I, I guess just, like, it, it is the point of art, but, like, you should say that, that, like, you know, like, you know, the... Or I, I guess maybe you should, like, present it as, like, these are what we're working towards, or, like, these are things that we, we would like to normalize, as opposed to these are things that are... Well, but I I, I, like I don't know. I feel like that also kind of takes yeah. away from, like, I think the you're whole right. point, like... Um, I'm having trouble yeah. wrapping also, my head around I this. I don't know much about. I'm terrible at like, especially when it comes to like music and dance and pop culture, and any culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't buy that there hasn't been. Well, I do, and I and I don't that um, like same sex relationships have not been depicted in like dance or or. I think yeah, but like. But like, think about it. Like, I'm sure not for, in the way that like yeah. his things have done. Yeah, I mean, like, but, yeah, like um, those depictions have like existed forever. Right. But like, 
Yeah, does, no, does the mainstream right, engage yeah. with it? Or like, right. okay, let me not use the mainstream. <laughs> does the majority of the population engage with it? Right. Or have they engaged with it? No. 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 Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess that's... Hi. I was just going to check on the lectern as well. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, right. All right. Okay. We should... Uh, last thoughts on this? Last thoughts before we get kicked out. Um... Uh, I think this is the beach ball going in. Yeah, I think this is a discussion. So, so I think the discussion about this is a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, (laughs) about like about like what activism presents, and like I, okay, this is just like a personal opinion, but I feel like a lot of quote unquote woke activism, and I use that term not necessarily pejoratively. I use it as like 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 a lot of like far left activism really is not catered to the um to like the the average american like i think it's definitely catered towards academic circles it's catered towards people who are like educated east coast left um rich like relatively like you know like class wise and because i and i think that's like a really big hindrance like i don't like TV is probably one of the best mediums to change people's minds, and that's because so many people watch it. Like, Will and Grace and Ellen have probably done a lot more than the average protester on the streets. And that's a hot take, and I don't have evidence to back that up, but that's how I feel deep down. Like, I feel like pop culture is so much more influential than is a lot of, like, maybe not obscure art, but, like, a lot of art, um, and I'm not saying that we don't need it, I'm not saying that it's not incredible, and that it doesn't need to be, um, patronized, mm-hmm. um, is that the right word? Like, it, like, you know, Does we should... Have to be patron, or condescending? No, 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 it, like, it should be supported, oh, yeah. supported, definitely, um, but... I don't know. I feel like you should, you should, um, I feel like there needs to be a healthy discussion about like what is on the periphery and what is on the mainstream making the changes. That's fair. Um, I think I, I kind of disagree in that I don't think that things are being made with like the academics in mind. I just think that the nature of academia is such, especially in those circles that you actively make the choice to seek out that kind of work. I think the, crea- oh, okay. yeah, I think yeah, the yeah. creators themselves are creating for people who look like them, um, mm-hmm. who struggle like them, who face the same issues that they're going through. Actually, I yeah, 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 I do you know, agree I think Amit with that. Patel is, is making work for the queer kid in Upper Peninsula, Michigan, who, you know, wants to dance, but his parents are like, no, you have to go to school and be an engineer and marry a good girl, mm-hmm. right? And this little boy is like, no, I I don't. I'm, I'm going through shit. I don't know what it is. Right. And then he goes on the internet and finds this video and is like, oh, wow, like this speaks to me and helps me kind of contextualize the struggles I'm going through. That's very true. Um, I agree I with that. I do that agree with that. that is the audience you're aiming for, and if that is the kind of audience you're reaching, then... Then I guess your work does do work. You your know. work does do work. Exactly. <laughs> now, whether or not that qualifies as mainstream, 
I'm still, I still don't know. I feel like mainstream in general just has a different definition in our yeah. media age as opposed to back in the day when like television was mainstream. Right. But, like now, you know. Like, now among the youth, television is actually not that right, exactly. mainstream. Twitter's mainstream. Exactly. Uh, but like, not among the older generation, for example. Right. And it's if the splintered. older generation is like, this isn't mainstream because this isn't normal for me, well, I mean, you weren't the intended target. And also no one out here is trying to, you know, if you're already going through all this, you don't want to waste your time. Not waste your time, but like put more time and effort into re- trying to change people's minds who are going to be hard who to are, change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, I guess the audience, like... You put your work out there with a specific audience in mind, but with in today's day and age, you are reaching audiences that were not the audience you had in mind, and that right. that makes people. And so people see that, and they're like, "I don't know what this is because they weren't the intended audience." Right. Yeah, and right. that that I think. But they also see it, so they're exposed to it. And right. Little exactly. By little, it, 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 it. Yeah, it should help, but it but it also causes problems because then. People um, react in the wrong way, I think, to things that, that, that are not meant for them and they don't understand in the sense of, like, they don't understand the context. Right. So, like, I don't know if that's, like, I feel like maybe to narrow down the point that I had said, I think it's it's, like, that knee-jerk reaction of, like, this is so, like, this is, like, too far from what I'm used to. Right. Like, I think we should start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, or like, I think like activism in general should start thinking about that. Right. Um, you know, like there are, there are audiences, but when you put things out there to the world, they, it, it gets taken differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's like a very like vague idea for a very broad and very like <laughs> yeah we could totally do another a, a podcast whole, episode. honestly yeah i would love yeah, to, on, i would love to rant about this actually and look if any of you listening have thoughts or uh, opinions or hot takes we would uh, love your hot takes yeah or personal experiences that relate to this we'd love to hear them please email us south asian sexual health at gmail.com you could also go to our website S-A-S-M-H-A dot org and fill out the contact form there. Or you could go to Facebook or our new Instagram. Yes. Um, which is South Asian SMH on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we hope you enjoyed these snippets of conversation yeah. that uh, we have collected throughout our experience at San. San is a really cool organization and a conference. We'll have a yeah. uh, the links in our description. Go check them out, definitely. Yeah. We're so thankful they invited us out here. Oh, yes. We are very, very grateful. <laughs> thank you They're so super much. Cool. If you are listening to this, thank you so much. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess... With that, I guess we'll sign up. Should yes. we do one last ASMR? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. This is, um, this is a mix of cold rice and it looks like rajma. So that's, that's going to be my ASMR. I'm ready. Okay. Oh, actually, you know what? Actually, yeah. Or actually, I changed my mind. My last ASMR is going to be eating cold naan. Mmm.
Yum. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, my, my last ASMR is going to be... Um, me slurping on raita. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Like cha. Slurp that right now. Yeah, slurp, slurp, slurp. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>